Hey, welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. I'm Bridger Payton. Today, we're going to talk about the SEC filing that 99% of all fundraised goes through. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it with no investors and without an Ivy League degree? This podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. All right, so in this episode, we're going to deep dive into SEC filings, and I want to share with you and contrast the two biggest exemptions in the SEC that, that most people file from. Uh, number one is, fi- they're both under Regulation D, and one is 506B, and the other one's 506C. So both under 506, but versus B versus C, two different exemptions, two different rules, and today we're going to walk through that. Uh, be kind of fun. Um, so last night, I was on the SEC website, you know, just on my spare time, just hanging out. That's kind of what I, most people watch Netflix or, the, like you know, a jazz game or something fun on TV. Um, I was perusing the SEC website and came across these articles about Regulation A funds, um, 504, 505, 506 funds, all different types of stuff. And it was a quite an exhilarating read last night for me. But anyways, I wanted to consolidate this for you and uh, and tell you exactly what the SEC website says. And we can talk through a few of the loopholes and, and things, not loopholes, but things that they don't really explain and you have to kind of figure out yourself. So first off, let's start with uh, 506B. Now, before we get into this, the the so this is under Regulation D, 506. More money is raised through this exemption than any other you know exemption or regulation in the SEC processes or history. It all goes through here because you can raise under 506 unlimited amounts of money, both in B and C. So you can raise an unlimited amount of money. Now, there are other ones. There's Regulation D 504. In that one, you can only raise $5 million in a 12-month time period. So might be a good idea if you're, if you're starting a small fund. Um, not a bad place to go, but most lawyers and counsel and people just understand the rules and regulations of a 506 a lot better. So when you hire lawyers, they, they're already, they already are in the know about what's going on here with security, securities lawyers. If you hire them to do a 504, they might be like, eh, I don't know how to do that. Um, there's also a 505, but that got nixed a couple years ago. They uh, decommissioned the 505. So you won't see those anymore. But uh, today we're going to talk about the 506. So this is under Regulation D. There's also Regulation A funds I'll talk about in a different episode, but today's Regulation B, uh, excuse me, Regulation D, 506B and 506C. And today's going to be a lot of meat, not a lot of story. Sorry about that, but I want you to understand what's happening here. So you're in the know, right? This people talk about this a lot in the fund world and you want to be informed and in the conversation, understanding what they're talking about when they talk about different filings with their fund. So let's hit it off first with a 506B. So I would argue most funds in the world are under a 506B. This is the the winner. Most people do it this way. Um, and the rules are thus underneath it. And these are just a few rules. There's going to be you know more, but I'm gonna I'm trying to summarize it for you on this podcast episode. So the company cannot use general solicitation to advertise uh, their security. So you're not going to see Blackstone or KKR or Sequoia advertising on billboards and TV ads for their funds because it is illegal under their filing. That's one of the biggest rules. You cannot publicly advertise. Then Bridger, how do I find investors? Great question. So quick example, me and you were on a plane headed to Miami 
we're flying, we talk on the plane, hey, you know, what do you do? I say, hey, I run a fund, we do, you know, we invest in, let's say, real estate. You go, great, hey, I'm, you know, I love real estate, blah, 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 you tell me about your great company you're running. And we exchange cards, and the next day we set up a lunch, and we go to lunch together. I then can pitch you on the fund. Because we've already met previously a day before on the plane, we exchange cards, and now we're meeting about the fund. You can't meet someone and talk to them on your first meeting about the fund. Otherwise, people would be doing you know door-to-door sales for funds or at any conference, anything. Hey, I run a fund. You guys, they're selling securities. They, the SEC does not want you to do that. They want you to know the person first and then meet them. So that's a kind of a quick example of how you would how you'd get around that or how you would navigate that. Now, before we dive into this, I am not an attorney. I'm not licensed to teach you about this. This is my personal opinion. Um, go research and hire people on your on your own. Quick disclaimer on everything I'm telling you right now, but all the stuff I'm grabbing is directly from the SEC website that I'm going to talk to you about today. Um, now, in a 506B, we're still talking about 506B, you can't publicly advertise. You can have an unlimited amount of accredited investors. Okay, so unlimited amount of money, unlimited amount of credit investors. However, you can only have 35 non-accredited investors in your fund. And if you get a non-accredited investor, they must be, this is what the SEC says, you know, word for word. They must be sophisticated. That is, they must have sufficient knowledge and expertise in financial and business matters to make them capable of evaluating the merits and risks of the prospective investment. That's what it says. Then it goes on to say, you must give non-accredited investors disclosure documents similar to a Regulation A offering. Now, in a Regulation A offering, we're probably going to do another episode about it. Uh, a Regulation A offering, you are, it's kind of like companies like Fundrise do Regulation A offerings. Um, Cardone Capital's new where they're getting just tons. They just want people to put in, you know, put in two grand, put in five grand, stuff like that. You have to disclose it's similar in the documents. It says it's similar to a public company um, of how much disclosure you have. So you're, uh, you're, you know, doing quarterly statements, you're doing month, you know, year end audits. I mean, you're, it's like running a public company with that many statements, that many investor reports that are public knowledge to everybody. That's what you need to do. If you're going to take on non-accredited investors, that's why in previous episodes I've said it's a lot easier. Just don't take non-accredited investors. Um, now with the 506 B, this is a little bit different. So we'll talk about this in six. You, all you have to do is just have credit investors check a box on your documents. You don't have to verify that they are truly a credit investor. You have them check a box. They themselves verify um, that they are a credit investor. Now that's a 506B. Now let's contrast that with a 506C. So very similar, both under regulation D. In a 506C though, you can publicly advertise and broadly solicit your securities. If you only take a credit investor. So your fund can only have a credit investors. No, you can't have the 35 non-accredited investors and you have to take reasonable steps to verify that they are accredited investors. Like Bridger, what does that mean? So you have to look at W-2s, tax returns, bank and brokerage statements, credit reports, all this kind of stuff to verify they indeed are actually accredited investors. That's the, the big difference between a 506B and a 506C. Now, with both of those, that kind of gives you a little bit of contrast in here. You can decide both are great methods to do. Um, I, uh, I'm not going to tell you either, either or. Um, most funds I see do a 506B. However, a 506C, if you, if you feel like you need to advertise and publicly advertise, it might be a great way to go. You just need to verify that your investors are accredited. Both of these funds are going to file what's called a Form D. So uh, if you, you, know, you talk to your lawyers or whatever, hey, I just need to file my Form D. You can look online. Um, you know, see what qualifications go into your form D, what questions are going to ask you. 
And then you need to, this is the, the final kicker. You need to, every, every state that you're going to sell securities in or find investors from, you need to file or comply with the state regulation for that state. And you can go on to the North American Securities Administration Association, <laughs> long name, but essentially it'll take you to every state that you want to sell securities in. And um, some of them have filing fees, some of them are free. It just depends on the state. Now, I know uh, for a fact that a few states are very uh, hard to work with. Um, fund I was working with previous, they were telling me they had raised money from all different states and they finally had one investor. They were going to raise money from New York. So I said, okay, we got to file with New York, I guess, because this one investor wants to come in. So they call up New York and it had this huge filing fee because it's New York, right? They can charge pretty much whatever they want. It was this massive, massive fee. I think it was like somewhere, and then, no, don't quote me on this. I think it was around like 25 grand for them to raise money from New York. And they're like, oh my gosh, is this even worth it to, <laughs> to bring this one investor in? I think they ended up filing with that with, because he was going to bring a lot of money in. Uh, but that's kind of, sometimes it's, most states I would say it's maybe 150 bucks, 200 bucks, um, depends on the state and they change their laws all the time. But you can click on that website, you can call into their, um, <clears throat> their, just their um, securities department and just say, hey, I'm offering, you know, we have a Reg D 506C or B offering. This is what we're doing. Um, we, we're, we have an investor from your state that wants to join. Be great. Um, now, another cool thing with this, you can start raising money. Now, don't quote me on this, but the, this is what it sounds like from the SEC website. You can start raising money before you file your form D. Uh, that's different from a reg A, a reg A regulation, a fund, you need to file everything first and then you can go out raising money. Um, in this, you can actually start getting capital commitments and then file your form D before, before you, um, you know, deploy those securities. Um, now don't quote me on that, but that's what it sounds like from the sec website on here. Now I tell people either way, I tell everybody before you go set up your fund documents, before you file your form D, before you do anything, go pitch investors and partners and try to set it up, um, almost frame your fund of everything that's going on before you spend all the money and hassle to go set it all up. Go pitch investors and see what happens. Do market research, market testing on what your investors are looking for in a fund. Do they like your pref? Do they like your carry? Do they like your, you know, your clawbacks and catch up clauses? And if they don't say, Hey, it's not set in stone yet. We're changing things. And I would you know recommend people getting a soft commitment from investors before you go through and do all these documents. Say, hey, we're in the process, we know our documents were done and, and hopefully next next few weeks, but we're getting soft commitments right now. Can we put you down for $5 million? And you say, yeah, I think I think so. I wanna see the documents. Obviously, I wanna verify everything with my lawyers, but yeah, I think if everything you're telling me checks out, I think I'd be in for $5 million. Great, right? Now you have a soft commitment for $5 million, and that'll give you and your partners a lot of steam to get going, right? If you've got 15, $20 million already committed to your fund pre, you know, kind of soft commitments to your fund. That's going to get you guys working, right? You're going to stay up late. You're going to be working weekends to get your fund documents done and in the right way. And it validates what you're doing, right? It validates your whole fund venture. Um, a lot of funds, I, I've, I meet people that they go through and they set up all the documents first. They get, you know, they get everything filed and then they go out and try to pitch and it's crickets, right? Nobody wants what they're offering. And this is like any business, right? I've seen this with, you know, brick and mortar stores. They set up all this time, brick and mortar. They set up this great little shop and they fail to do market research and testing to see if people wanted to buy, uh, you know, pineapple slices on the corner, right? They didn't even, they just thought everyone would like it. And that business is out of business in three months. And you see these happen in brick and mortar stores. You see them with online business, you see any type of business failure to do market research where the entrepreneur is so sold on their idea. They can't, 
they, they, they don't care to ask other people and they've only asked their mom and their family and close friends and then they all say, oh yeah, it's a great idea. That sounds awesome. You know, get going. They're not telling them the truth. And my, I think the, the best market testing you can do with a fund is frame your fund, frame your, you know, your expert idea, your investment idea and go pitch investors and get soft commitments. If, you know, people, they can tell you how they want their mouth, but they vote with their wallets investors and customers vote with their wallets. And if they can pull out their wallet and be ready to write a check, maybe it's 50 grand, maybe it's 200 grand, maybe it's $2 million. That's a lot of validation that you have a great idea. Now, if you, it's all crickets out there, you can ask your investors, Hey, what, what problems did you see with our pitch? Right? What things could be changed? And maybe you go back to the drawing board and say, you know what, you know, we're not going to, let's just tweak our investment strategy a little bit. Maybe it's not going to be a five-year fund. It's going to be a, you know, 18-month fund. It's going to be a lot shorter time or we're going to tweak um, our pref and carry. We're going to, t- you know, tweak our management fee, things like that, that, that investors would like. You got to go test your investor market first before raising money. Anyways, quick review, quick recap before we end. 506B, you can't generally solicit. You have an unlimited amount of money you can raise. You have 35 non-accredited investors and you need to um, for the non-accredited investors over disclose to them, kind of like a public company. Um, and credit investors just need to check a box on your forms that they're accredited. A 506C can publicly advertise. However, you need to go through great lengths to verify that all your investors are accredited. Both can raise unlimited amounts of money. Um, and you know, if, if you don't want to raise unlimited amounts of money, you're raising a small fund, a 504, you can raise $5 million and I'm not going to dive into a regulation A funds. We'll do that in a different episode, but you can go research that yourself if you want. Anyways, if you have questions, um, hit me up on Instagram, Bridger underscore Pennington is usually the best way. I answer all those DMS, um, LinkedIn, other places I don't respond to as often, but, um, you can reach out there too. Love you guys. And I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Hey guys, wasn't that awesome? Hey, if you want to learn more about funds, how to get going, how to get started, we did something cool. I put together what I call a mini vault and we've recorded a ton of training videos and resources to help you launch a fund. In addition to that, I gave you my favorite pitch deck that I used for a fund previously. I also give you a step-by-step guide of how to go through and launch your fund. Additionally, you, once you get into our mini vault group, you are put into our private Facebook group and guess what? I go live in there once a week to answer your questions specifically about the fund and you get to interact with other fund managers from around the country and around the world. So if you're interested, go to www.investmentfundsecrets.com. You can hop in and join the group, join the private members group, get the resources, download the PDFs, and I would love to see you in there. Love you guys. Peace.